Welcome to the ministry of Barefoot Church. I'm Clay Neesmith, the pastor here at Barefoot Church. And man, we hope what you experience here today uh, will encourage you, motivate you, and inspire you in a great, great way. In case you're new with us, there's a lot of people excited about being in church today. Come on. Because literally God's kindness has been extended to them and they recognize his kindness and they've stepped up to celebrate who God is in their life and do amazing things with their life. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about God's kindness. Now God's kindness is a little bit different than our kindness, in case you didn't know. Um, God's kindness kind of works through our challenges and our problems and our mishaps, and it touches our life in a special way that literally does what that song just said. I love that new song. It's by Maverick City Worship, and uh, we heard it a few weeks ago as a as a staff, and I was so pleased to hear that Pastor Eddie and them were, the worship team was going to do that song today. And I said, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of work the message in with that song to play off of that song because literally that's what God does. He picks us up. He turns us around. He places our feet on solid ground. We put our our faith in Jesus Christ. And then he begins to do amazing things in our life. I like to say it this way. God's specialty is taking nothing and turning it into something. Come on, somebody. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in the beginning, the earth was formless and, you know, it had void in it and God took nothing and created and turned it into something. This this great planet we live on is created by God. It was formless. It was, had void and, and God took that nothing and turned it into something. And if you're here today and you feel like your life is worth nothing, I need to declare to you that God can take that nothing and he can turn it into something great, magnificent, and do mighty things through it. The Bible says don't misinterpret God's amazing kindness. It says it this way in Romans chapter 2, verse 4. It says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? You may think that God's mad at you, but no, the Bible says he's tolerant and he's patient with you in this season. The Bible goes on to say, does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness, pay close attention, is intended. God has intentions. His kindness is intended to turn you from your sin. His kindness is intended God has intentions by extending kindness to us through Christ Jesus. And it's to turn us away from missing the mark of his glorious standard. That's called sin in the Bible. Turn us away from that and turn us towards him so we can stand on solid ground and do amazing things with our life. Today, we're going to look at a story in the Old Testament. I've talked about this story before uh, from this platform But today we're going to take a look at this story and we're going to learn that God's kindness is amazing. It can literally do what it says it can do. God's hospitality, his kindness, his grace is meant, it's intended to do something amazing in our life. And so many people are stalemated 
You know, people are even stalemated in this season. We're coming out of 2020. We've been through 2021. There's been the pandemic. There's been all kinds of unrest in our society. And, and people look around at what's going on, and, and they're just crippled. They're stalemated. They're, they're not seeing unifying and coming together and doing amazing things, um, you know, what? for God in this world. I can tell you right now, God's not finished yet. Come on, the, the, world, the world may look bleak and, and dim, but God's not finished yet. I'm still here. You're still here. We're sucking in air. Come on, somebody. Our heart's still beating, and God has a plan, and his plan is to bring humanity back to himself so humanity don't have to live life paralyzed and in a place of destruction. God wants amazing things to happen in your life and through your life, your children's life, their children's life, and on and on and on and on. If you have your Bibles with you, I'm gonna invite you to open it up to the book of 2 Samuel. And we're gonna start in 2 Samuel uh, chapter four, verse four. And we're gonna learn today from a story in our Bible known about a man named Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth was the son of Jonathan, King Saul, who was the king of Israel. He had a son named Jonathan, and Mephibosheth is Jonathan's son. In other words, he's the grandson of King Saul. And King Saul and Jonathan, they got killed in a battle. They had gone into a battle, and they had gotten killed, and God had already chosen the next king of Israel. His name was David. And David had gone through numerous battles with, with Saul. Jonathan was David's friend. And uh, David, though King Saul was against David, David always showed loyalty and honor to the rightful position that God had given, given King Saul. Now, again, this is just a side note. You know, God appoints each and every one of us for a unique calling and to do amazing, amazing things with our life. And even though Saul misused his calling, David still understood that Saul had a position that God had given him. And because David honored God first, he honored Saul's position. And see, what this teaches us is honor comes from your heart, not from another person. Honor comes from you having a personal relationship with your creator. And it's not based on what another person does or doesn't do. In other words, all of us can, can begin to show respect and honor to those around us if we truly value God creating them as a human being understanding that they are created in God's likeness. And all of us have sinned and fallen short. None of us are more special than the next. All of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. And recognizing that all of us have fallen makes me want to go to God and say, God, what is my rightful position? And as I look at others, what is their rightful position? 
And, and honor can begin to flow from your heart. Honor's actually a value that we need to have in our, our culture and our society, and especially in the local church. Honor's amazing. And honor isn't what you just say. Honor is how you respond to others. Are you constantly putting others down? Are you lifting others up? Do you believe that God has an amazing plan for their life? When you look at them, do you just say, man, they're just a waste? No, 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 that's not, not honor. And the interesting thing about David is he didn't honor just upline to King Saul. Honor was in David's heart. And what we find in this story is he honored all the way down to what would be considered the most lowly person in that society. And because it flowed from his heart in a powerful way, we learn, you know what? God basically lifts up those who honor him and honor others and puts them in, in their rightful place. So I, I want to just encourage you today to look at your heart. Does your heart show God's kindness? Does it show God's honor when you engage with other people? Does it mean that we tolerate whatever everybody else does? As a matter of fact, sometimes we don't tolerate it. Honor is not tolerating it. Honor is, is stepping into it and, and, and helping the person discover a God who has created them for greater than where they're currently living in the position they're in. Let's look at the Bible and see what it says about this man named Mephibosheth, the grandson of Saul. The Bible says, Saul's son, Jonathan, had a son named Mephibosheth. 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4. Who was crippled as a child. Here's how he became crippled. He was five years old when the report came from Jezreel that Saul and Jonathan had been killed in a battle. And when the child's nurse, his caregiver, heard the news that Jonathan and Saul had been killed, she was fearful and she picked him up, picked Mephibosheth up, and she fled. But as she hurried away from the challenge, he, she dropped him, and he became crippled. A five-year-old boy dropped by his caregiver. He becomes uh, crippled. And what this story begins to show us is that, you know what, even though you are dropped. It doesn't mean that God has given up on you. Amen. And again, he's dropped physically. But keep in mind, what God's word does is God comes alive. And God didn't just happenstance put this story of a crippled boy in the scripture. God wanted you and me to understand something through this story about who he is. About who he is as God. He's an amazing God. And maybe you're in here today and you feel like Mephibosheth. You feel like somebody just dropped you, dropped you in a relationship, dropped you as a parent, dropped you in a job, fired you, got rid of you. You deserve more. I mean, and again, we all can feel that way, can't we? That, that we've just been dropped. Can I tell you, there's a lot of people around you that feel dropped. Your, your grandkids sometimes feel dropped. Your kids feel dropped. You feel dropped. And you know what? This dropness can, can begin to basically deflate our life and 
make us lose focus on who God really is. People are living in a state of what I refer to as dropness. In other words, they were dropped maybe as a child, not physically like Mephibosheth, but, but maybe, you know what, no one took, took authority and disciplined them when they were a kid. And they got dropped. See, the Bible says God disciplines those he loves. And, and, and a lot of people are dropped in life because no discipline or direction is given to them in life. And, and then they, they grow as a teenager and as a young adult and, and all of these variations of things. And, and you know, they just get more and more disconnected because they don't have clear direction. They don't understand that God created them to do more things with their life than just go in the wrong direction. And God's created each and every one of us to go in the right direction, to do amazing things, to come underneath his authority and take our rightful position in society. But because of things that happen or things we do, oftentimes we feel dropped. And when we get dropped, we get discouraged. The Bible doesn't stop with the story of Mephibosheth there. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) The Bible continues the story, and I want to show it to you in chapter 9 of of 2 Samuel. This is what it says in in chapter 9, verse 1. The Bible says, one day, David. Now remember, Saul is gone. He's dead. Jonathan, his son, is dead. They got killed in a battle. David became, now it's many, many years later, David's the king of all of Israel. And David is sitting in his rightful place that God has anointed and given him as king of Israel. And again, David continued to honor Saul. He continued to honor Jonathan, continued to honor what God had done in their life. And the Bible says this, one day David asked, is anyone in Saul's family still alive? 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 3 says this, Ziba, he, he replied, yes, one of Jonathan's sons is still alive. He is crippled in both feet. Where is he? The king, King David asked. And Ziba replied, well, he's in Lodabar. Now, this is significant. Because Lodabar literally means land of nothing. He's in the middle of nowhere, you may say in your modern day vernacular. He's in a forgotten place. He's living in Lodabar, a dry, desolate, disconnected place. He's in the middle of nowhere. Has anybody ever felt like they're in the middle of nowhere? There's no one focused on you anymore. Though he's the grandson of the former king, King Saul, he's fearing for his life. He's been dropped by the nurse. There's a new king. His name is King David. Here is is Mephibosheth living in Lodabar, shaken in his seat every day because he don't understand the goodness of the king that God has appointed and put in place. See, a lot of people don't understand the goodness 
and the kindness of their creator. They think God is out to get them, to take them out. And see, Mephibosheth is in a position now where no longer is his grandpa or his daddy ruling and reigning over the nation. There's a new king in town. And his name is David. But because of Mephibosheth's past, he misinterprets the goodness of David. See, David's not a wicked king. He's a king who is appointed by God and knows God. And he is willing to reach down into all kinds of situations and circumstances and give honor where honor is due. To to reach into a crippled man's life in the middle of nowhere. A man who had been forgotten, Mephibosheth, who had been dropped by a nurse, who had lived in Lodabar, this desolate place for multiple years. Can, Can you imagine how Mephibosheth felt? It wasn't just, woe is me. And I am all lonely down in Lodabar because my nurse dropped me when I was five years old. It was, oh crap. I'm crippled. And I'm sitting here. And I have no power within myself to even defend myself. I'm broken. I'm Mephibosheth. I'm in, I'm in Lodabar. And the king summons a servant to go to Lodabar and speak to a crippled man that is barely picking up crumbs off the floor to eat them to survive. Mephibosheth is in survival mode. He's afraid. Can I tell you, there's a lot of people afraid of God living in survival mode. And what God wants to do is extend his kindness. And it's not based on who they are or their merit or their performance. It's based on who he is. And see, the enemy would love for you and I and the next person to stay in Lodabar. That's where he wants you, is in Lodabar. Scared, fearful, lonely, broken, and sitting in Lodabar. But I need you to know that God didn't want Mephibosheth to stay in Lodabar, and he don't want you to stay in Lodabar. And the reason for this story in 2 Samuel is not to just talk about Lodabar, where sin and being dropped and all of these things in society can carry you. The reason for this story in 2 Samuel of a king who summons for a man named Mephibosheth is to show you 
and I, no matter how far we have gone and how far we have drifted and how abandoned we feel, there is a God that he doesn't show his kindness based on who you are, based on your nationality, based on the color of your skin, based on your gender. There's a God that extends kindness to all humanity. And he did it on a cross 2,000 years ago. Here's the question. Does the cross keep you away from God or does the cross draw you to a creator that showed love for humanity and did something amazing so that they could become everything that God intended for them to be? Because the Bible says God's intention is to turn you away from your sin with his amazing kindness. Come on, somebody. So the story doesn't stop there. The story continues in 2 Samuel. And I want to show it to you. The Bible says this in 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 7. David says, well, here's the reason I brought you here, Mephibosheth, because Mephibosheth is terrified for his life. He comes before King David. And, he, and literally he's thinking, this, this king who has taken over the rule and reign of Israel wants to chop my head off because I belong to the bloodline of Saul and Jonathan, the, the former ones who were over the kingdom. And so Mephibosheth is in a, in a state of, man, if, if I come before this king, he's going to take me out. But as he comes before the king and he literally falls before the king, this is what the king says to him in 2 Samuel, King David, 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 7. He says, I intend to show kindness to you because of my promise to your father, Jonathan. He says, I will give you all the property once belong, that once belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will eat with me here at the king's table. Now, again, let's look at what David just told Mephibosheth. And basically, he helped Mephibosheth understand this, that this is a story not so much about Mephibosheth's condition as it is the heart of God. This is a story about a king with a promise who comes to rescue a man in distress and a crippled man receives an inheritance that he did not even deserve. This is a story about a king. It's the same story about our king named Jesus who fulfills his promise. And David, a king, had made a promise to Jonathan and God has made a promise to us. And God will always do what he says he will do. It don't matter if you're a Mephibosheth it doesn't matter, according to Romans, if you're a Gentile or a Jew. 
That's not what makes you right with God. What makes you right with God is his promise and his glory and his mighty power that fulfills it every single time. This story is is basically a shadow of what is to come many, many years later that we know as the cross of Christ. And, And again, our responsibility now, because the cross of Christ has been in the past. This is a story before the cross of Christ. And so it's a shadow that is pointing towards the cross of Christ and the loving kindness that God showed all humanity on the cross and his amazing power to do what he says he'll do as he resurrected from a grave. Now, keep in mind, we look back now at the cross. The cross has already happened. This is, that was before, this is after. And so after the cross, we look back at the cross and we can look, you know what, and see the cross and then we can see the shadow. But what are we to do on the other side of the cross? We are now the people of God and we are to be a reflection or the body, or the Bible says, or the body or an extension of who Christ is and who he was when he was here and what he wants to do in the world. This is where the gifts and the, and the talents and us joining together, looking back at the cross, seeing Christ in the fullness of who he was and who God was, and now doing all we can to imitate Christ Jesus and extend the amazing kindness of God to the rest of the world. And, and I don't know if you know it or not, but every time I see a person, I, I, I really believe God's kindness is for them. Again, people come in all shapes and sizes. Just look around you. There's big people, little people, tall people, short people. But the truth of the matter is, God's not looking at the outside of a person. God's looking at the heart of a person. And are they willing to repent or turn away from their sin and turn towards the cross and receive the kindness of God so that they can move from being nothing to becoming something great. But most of people think, well, you know what? I'll receive the kindness of the cross and I'll go to heaven. See, See, you're misinterpreting the whole thing. The cross was never given so you could just go to heaven. The cross was given so you could receive the kindness of God and turn away from your sin and live life on purpose with a purpose every day of your life for the rest of your life and be a reflection of God in this earth. He's making all things new. What does that mean to you? He's creating us anew in the likeness of Christ. But, but see, what you have to do is you have to have the heart of Mephibosheth. God don't want to leave you there. He wants to show kindness to you. And so, again, Jesus came on a rescue mission. He keeps his promises. He makes provision for us. But, but I want to read this verse to you in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Because so much of the world around us misinterprets. 
purpose, the power of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. He is God in the flesh, my friend. He's amazing. And he will forever change your life. If you feel like you're separated from God's goodness, I need you to know today, no one is too far for God to reach out and change their heart. His kindness is for everyone. All who will believe by faith that God is who he says he is. And my friend, I need you to know he is for us, not against us. But listen to what this verse says, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. It says, at one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. In other words, we may have just thought of him as a good teacher, a, a, a guy who did just amazing things when he walks around here on earth, a good guy, a nice man. The writer here says, at one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, but he says, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. See, if you just see Jesus, God in the flesh, the one who had the audacity to give himself on the cross, who was willing to push through the pain, and the persecution that happened to him on the cross, the, the, the ridicule, the shame, the spitting upon, the ripping of his clothes, hanging, hanging in front of society, just stripped down to nothing, bleeding from his head, from his wrist, from his feet, you know, a, a spear jabbed in his side. If you just see Jesus as a nice guy, I need you to know, no, no, he's a warrior. He's a warrior. And he stood in time and history between the old and the new. At just the right time, he went to war for you and for me on a cross. And he loved you so much that he gave his life. He shed his blood on a cross so you could turn from your sin and understand the kindness and the goodness of a merciful God. My friend, he doesn't want anybody to live in Lodabar. Bible says three days later, he resurrected from a grave. He defeated death. He rose again. So you and I could understand the power of the resurrection. The Bible says the same power that rose him from the grave lives in you. What does that mean to you today? That means that, you know what? That that's, that's goodness. It's, death is not final. Sin can't keep a hold on me. I don't have to keep going back to Lodabar. I don't have to uh, keep trusting, you know what, my past or, or worrying about things. No, no, I'm a son of the most high God. I belong to a king. I've been invited to his table for all eternity. And it changes everything. I'm not proud, I'm not boastful because of who I am or what I've done, but I boast in the Lord Jesus Christ because he brought me to his table. Come on, somebody. And as crippled as I am, as broken as I am, and in the flesh, as, 
as just wicked and wayward I am, there is a God that took the nothing of who I am and turned me into something. And I'm living out greatness here on earth as it is in heaven. And I invite you into the game. Phibosheth didn't just stay in Lodabar. He came to the king's table. And you know what? He turned into something amazing because he understood the kindness of a king. My friend, I don't know who they told you you are. I don't know who you have dreamed up you are in your own mind because of what has happened or what is happening. But I'm here to declare to you there's one today that can shift everything and his name is Jesus. It's what the cross and the resurrection is about. And my friend, yes, he will take you to heaven one day, but he will give you the endurance and the power to live out your faith each and every day until he calls you home or he comes for the rest of us, however it works out. You know, the truth of the matter is he has a table he wants humanity to sit at. And he's inviting you into the game. I invite you not to sit in Lodabar. And I invite you not to let others sit in Lodabar. Let's be people who give an invitation to God's kindness. And let's be people who receive the kindness of God in our life. Let me pray for you today. God, you're amazing. I thank you for King Jesus. I thank you for calling many of us out of the grave. As that song by Maverick City Worship declares, God, you're the one that lifts us up. You're the one that sets our feet on a solid ground. You're the one that turns our life around. And God, if there is one here today that has not received that in their life, I pray today would be the day that they latch on to God's kindness. God, you're an amazing, amazing person, and we're thankful for Jesus, thankful for the cross, thankful for the resurrection. And God, if there's a person here today that needs to put their faith in this Jesus for forgiveness of their sin and to move forward with the life that you intend for them, God, I pray today would be the day that they do so. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you were encouraged, motivated, and inspired today by the message. And again, man, we believe in you. We believe great things for you. It's because of many people's faithful giving that we're able to go out around the world. If you choose to invest in Barefoot Church, just go on over to barefootchurch.com. You can give there. But go out, live your purpose, and be inspired in a great, great way.